0: This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to This Naked Mind Podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hi friends, this is Annie Grace. I am the author of This Naked Mind, and I am answering readers' questions. And today we have a question from Robert. He says, hi Annie this is Robert you said in one of your videos that advertising is a strong influence I certainly don't feel influenced by advertising and I find it hard to believe that I drink because of ads can you explain why you believe this is so hi Robert Um, this is interesting because nobody wants to admit that they're influenced we want to feel in control of our destinies we want to feel free to choose our own paths we want to feel uninfluenced by marketers ploys because That's just how we are. And so we feel like advertising isn't affecting us because we're not consciously aware of its power. But the reality is, and I come from over a decade of experience within the marketing field, is that Your staunch belief that alcohol advertising doesn't influence you is actually one of the reasons that it is so effective. So there's a doctor, his name is Dr. Mark Scheller, and he's a psychologist at the University of British Columbia, and he says, quote, sometimes non-conscious effects can be bigger in sheer magnitude than conscious ones, because we can't moderate stuff that we don't have conscious access to. So, I mean, that makes sense, right? Like, how can we consciously counteract a belief that has completely bypassed our conscious understanding? An article in the Scientific American actually says, quote, the error we often make is to assume that we can control the effects an ad has on our behavior because we're consciously aware of its content." And even consciously rejecting an ad's message doesn't ensure that your subconscious mind doesn't buy into the scam. I mean, we may consciously think, oh, that's ridiculous, I know that drinking this brand of tequila isn't gonna lead to a threesome. Yes, that's an ad. But then we feel, when we're feeling lonely, we suddenly have this seemingly unrelated thought pop into our heads, I wanna drink. So why is this? It's because our unconscious is actually responsible for our desires and our emotions and our unconscious has bought these underlying messages through advertisements bought the things that drinking can somehow improve our happiness so studies in the last 18 months have actually brought to light how profoundly our unconscious mind shapes our day-to-day thoughts and decisions with little to no thought that often means that Little to no thought often means little to no conscious thought, and this is why advertising influences you in such profound ways, especially when you're not consciously aware of it. I had my first job out of college, and I worked for an ad agency, and that agency occasionally produced campaigns for local bars, so I thought long and hard about the methodology of selling alcohol. And the marketing formula I often use it's called the products, 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 and I realize that sounds really confusing, so let me explain. The most successful advertising speaks very little about what the product is being sold and volumes about what void that product will fill in your life. So, if we take perfume as an example, what is the product? The product is a yellowish liquid that looks a little bit like piss. Like, that's not a good ad copy, you know. But what's the product's product? It's the fact that this yellow liquid smells nice. But again, smelling nice is not the reason why people buy perfume advertising selling the smell are not going to be successful you don't see advertisements doing that so no it's actually the products products product that marketers most sell and for perfume it's companionship it's sex and so with this framework in mind we can talk about another really important aspect of marketing because marketers do more than that they actually create a need inside of you that wasn't there before by speaking to your vulnerabilities So how does this happen? Marketers play really heavily, and they have oodles of research and knowledge and even psychologists on staff to play into what's called the human condition. And humans, we're just not satisfied with simply existing. Like we, as a whole, we look for something more. There's no other animal that questions its purpose in life or how they fit into the universe like human beings do. And that's one of the remarkable features of being uniquely human. But this questioning, it often creates a void inside us because we have so many more questions than answers, and that causes tension. We desire more, and this affliction is often referred to as the wound of existence. And marketers play directly into this. Our natural internal yearning can be easily and unconsciously directed. We not only sell sex when selling perfume, we promise, promise fulfillment, completion, satisfaction, self-actualization. We present this lifestyle that promises to satisfy this questioning. And through marketing, so many ads just tell you if you're only thinner or smarter or sexier, then you're going to find your contentment, then your life will be complete. But. We don't realize that this restlessness is just part of being human, and so we're so vulnerable to it, and we're always looking for ways to eliminate it. But the truth is, if we ask ourselves, okay, Annie, if I was handed everything I wanted right now, would all those external things make me truly happy? And the answer is no, they wouldn't. Um, There's a really great explanation by Dan Harris. He explains this as it's called hedonic adaptation, and he says, Quote, when good things happen, we bake them very quickly into our baseline expectations, and yet the primordial void goes unfilled. Generally, the more we consume of anything, the more we desire. There's an existentialist psychotherapist, his name is Irvin D. Alome, and he identified what he calls the human being's ultimate concerns. And these are death, loneliness, freedom, and meeting. And these concerns reflect our deep, fundamental needs. So we search constantly to understand the meaning of life and no question about anything provokes more debate. And we feel desperate to experience gratification, so much so that often we rob ourselves of it by overdoing and overindulging the things that we think are bringing us pleasure. And so all of this stuff um, means that We are telling ourselves this constant lie. Dan Harris, again, he says, it's the lie we tell ourselves our whole life, that as soon as we get the next meal, party, vacation, sexual encounter, as soon as we get married, get a promotion, get to the airport check-in, get through security, then we're gonna feel really good, yet this itch, it always remains. And marketers are just skilled, incredibly skilled, and they play directly into these concerns, and they do this specifically with alcohol. Alcohol commercials promise all sorts of things that are not inherent in a bottle of beer. Friendship, acceptance, happiness, youth, all of these things. And alcohol marketers specifically target these most fundamental needs. Um, Because we look at this, I mean, we could look at this in another way. Like if tomorrow, just out of the blue, as a society, we discovered alcohol. We'd never had it before, and we just discovered it for the first time. And within that discovery, not only was the alcohol, but also all the scientific data on alcohol's effect on individuals and on society. And that includes how it's been named the world's number one killer, it's unlikely we would promote it and it's very unlikely we'd use it recreationally. I mean, we might use it as a fuel or antiseptic or to dull some pain, but we certainly wouldn't be drinking it. But a good marketer can sell anything to anyone. I mean, if you think of cigarettes, and cigarettes were advertised all the time before we banned cigarette advertisements, they're just dried, decaying, you know, tobacco leaves that you light on fire and, and inhale toxic cancer-causing fumes into your, into your lungs. But at one point, marketers promoted them as a status symbol and even you know, claimed they had health benefits. And the thing about marketers and selling addictive things like alcohol and cigarettes is that once you give it a try, the addictive nature of the drug kicks in and the marketing agency's job becomes so much easier because if they can get you hooked, the product literally can sell itself. And with alcohol, since the product is actually gasoline, it's ethanol, it's poison, it's the stuff that is in your gas tank, advertisers have to overcome your instinctual aversion. We all, just as rats do, have an instinctual aversion to the taste and the smell of alcohol. And you can remember that from when you first tried it. And so that's a really big hill for advertisers to climb. And so the best marketing firms on the globe, they have psychologists and human behavior specialists and scientists on staff to create some of these ads. And these marketers know that the most effective sale is always gonna be an emotional sale, always one that plays on your deepest fears and concerns, on the wound of existence, on the human condition. So alcohol advertisements, they sell an end to loneliness, claiming that drinking provides friendship and romance. You know, they appeal to your need for freedom by saying drinking will make you unique or bold or brave or courageous. They promise fulfillment and satisfaction and happiness, and all of these messages speak to both your conscious and your unconscious minds. So, I want you to look at alcohol advertisements over the next few days and for each one, just look at it and try to identify the products, products, product. Try to see which of your most fundamental human emotional desires the advertisement is appealing to and then notice how unrelated the advertisement's claim is to the reality of drinking. You know, it's easy for us to dismiss these advertisements because they seem so ridiculous. You know, again, the chances of your experiencing a threesome do not seem to go up if you drink this certain kind of alcohol. But as ridiculous as these ads seem on the surface, we have to remember that consciously dismissing them as absurd is part of how they work in speaking to your unconscious desires. Um, I mean, it's it's just incredible. And as a society, we buy into it all the time because the reality, when the sexy advertisements have been stripped away, is that the actual product is Gas. I mean, it's horrible tasting, addictive poison. And so we have to sweeten it with sugar or flavoring and make it more palatable. And the product's product is inebriation. It's a gradual deadening of your senses until you become completely intoxicated or unconscious. And the side effects that are never disclosed are numerous. I mean, think about ads for Viagra or blood pressure medication. You know, these these people advertising these things are legally required to disclose all the statistically relevant side effects. Alcohol has the same cancer-causing effects as asbestos, and just three drinks per week can increase a woman's chance of developing breast cancer by 15%, yet there are no labeling requirements, no disclosures whatsoever, and compared to all other drugs, illegal, legal prescription, alcohol actually has the highest harm rating and is responsible for the most most deaths. So in promoting alcohol, marketers have to sell something that's so compelling that we want to overcome this aversion to it and buy it. And so they sell a better human experience, they sell relief from the human condition, and they promise the opposite of what alcohol really provides. I mean, they sell happiness where there's pain, Romantic relationships where alcohol really destroys healthy and fulfilling relationships increased mental capacity and creativity when drinking what it really does is slow down our brain function resulting in less creative thought but they understand this belief and most of us believe that we're just not affected by advertising. Most people think that we're immune, but the data, it just compellingly shows otherwise. The evidence is absolutely clear and over and over studies show that exposure to alcohol advertising impacts subsequent use and encourages people to start drinking and promotes heavier drinking among existing drinkers. And this connection is really strong in young people, which is so heartbreaking research demonstrates that your brain not only receives sensory information, but also registers that information at this unconscious cellular level, which can occur even when you're asleep. And so we're promoting this stuff that actually can be really harmful to people at at an unconscious level all the time. And I mean, you don't have to go much further than just talking about what the most expensive commercials in the world are for. It's alcohol. Guinness spent 20 20 million dollars on the single most expensive commercial of all time and in terms of dollar per second bud light has the most expensive commercial at one hundred thirty-three thousand dollars per second they wouldn't invest that type of money in advertising that didn't work it they just wouldn't and even if you accept you know, that marketing does and can influence you, especially your unconscious, and you're not gonna feel like you're being influenced. You know, it is really hard to believe that advertisements are solely responsible for your desire to drink. And in that regard, you're right. As powerful as advertising is, as much thought and science that goes behind it, as much as it's playing to your unconscious, it is not powerful enough to create a society where the huge majority of adults are drinking cancer-causing poison. So the advertising industry, it contributes to it, but then marketers, you know, they're not solely to blame because we're most influenced beyond advertising by what we see other people doing, especially people we know and respect, which is another reason why you're not drinking is so powerful as just an influencing factor among those people that you love and respect. So advertising, as powerful it is, it, as it is, it's, it's really only the beginning. And after its job is done, it really just passes the task along to a society of walking billboards with drinks in their hand. But it's a really good question. I read a lot about it in my book, so I had a very <laughs> energetic and Um, excited answer for it because it's a topic that gets me very interested. And you might be interested to know that in the UK, they actually have banned alcohol advertising on TV because of how many hospitalizations and deaths there were. And so some of the hospitals actually petitioned the government, how I understand it, um, to get alcohol advertising banned. And if you think about it, You know we no longer advertise cigarettes on television and hopefully there will be a day where we at least have to start disclosing some of the side effects if not just really kind of put an end to some of the alcohol advertising altogether so thank you so much for the question again this is Annie Grace Did you miss This Naked Mind Live? And do you maybe have a little bit of FOMO? But don't worry, I've got you covered. In fact, I had the entire event professionally recorded and it's available digitally. Transformation in your living room. Yep, that is what it's all about. You can grab your digital ticket at thisnakedmind.com forward slash digital ticket. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today.